1: probably wondered where holidays come from. Oh, I have. If you haven't, I'd say it's time you begun.
0: Oh, I will.
1: And you know what that's from.
0: I have a guess. Is that from The Nightmare Before Christmas? It's
1: uh, the first couple of lines from The Nightmare Before Christmas. When we enter the grove of the holiday trees and see the doors of the holiday worlds, the narrator urges us to wonder... Where, do, where holidays, do holidays come from?
0: Where do they come from? It's almost like there's a holiday coming up very soon.
1: Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Midnight Myth Halloween special.
0: Spooky Halloween. It's going to be a super fun
1: spooky Halloween special. And before we jump into anything, I just want to say we probably want to plug what's coming up this uh, weekend. Um Today, uh, we're recording this Sunday, uh, we had an awesome Batman the Animated Series rewatch, and Derek was the keynote speaker. He gave an excellent lecture about the Demon's Quest, and they had a really cool roundtable where they discussed uh, animation technique, they discussed feminism, they discussed mental illness and duality, and all the things that are really going on inside of uh, any given Batman episode. And uh, this series is coming to an end this coming Sunday. That's the 29th? Yep. Um, so if you're in the Philly area, it is a free event. These are so super fun. Some really smart people are up there, uh, you know, explaining the the stuff below the surface of your favorite shows right now with Batman, the animated series. So come on out one to four. Uh, we'll share it on our Facebook page and we hope we see you there.
0: And to all the midnight mythers that came today, I want to thank you.
1: Yeah, it was awesome to see everybody.
0: Super great. Lots of support. Totally love it. And we are in our Halloween episode. So, I just want to say, like, right out of the gate, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. I am
1: me too. I am a
0: sucker for a good holiday. Yeah, and I really, really genuinely love Halloween. And I am super stoked to talk about Halloween and where it fits and how it pertains in particular to stories,
1: yeah. and and this is this is funny because, when you think about Halloween, there's a lot of images that come to your mind, but you kind of can't separate Halloween from the telling of scary stories. Uh, and there is so much that goes into the the um, transformation and the evolution of what is today modern day Halloween. But you can't not think about sitting around a fire and holding a flashlight under your face, and the call was coming from inside the house, and you know Michael Myers, and and all of it. Um, So it feels to me, even though it's hard to, like Christmas, um, say like, this is the story of Halloween, you know, it's the birth of this baby or it's the beginning of this story. I think that Halloween is just inextricably tied to the continued telling of stories uh, that are personal to us and that are universal.
0: And I would say that Halloween differs in major holidays in that Halloween is really kind of about death. It sure is. And it's about dealing with death directly and dealing with death head on. We see this contextualized now in Halloween imagery with ghouls and skeletons and ghosts. And it really has become the day in which the realm of the spirit, the afterlife, sort of like mixes and mingles yeah. with the actual physical realm.
1: It's funny to me that you say it differs from other holidays and that it's about death because I truly think that below the surface, every holiday is about death. It's about some form of death, rebirth, um, dealing with the changing of the seasons and dealing with the uh, the myths of Death and resurrection and our own fear of mortality. I, I, um, I mean but I, I, yeah. I would
0: I would argue against that. Like Fourth of July is about celebrating independence, right? So it's not about death.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I'm I'm talking about like the big ones like uh Halloween, Christmas and Easter. Um but but no, I think that's a good jumping off point because uh, in all of the mythology of Halloween, uh one of the things that keeps coming around that you keep hearing is that it's the time of year, it's the day of the year, when the veil between the world of the living and the world of the dead is the thinnest. So on this day, you might accidentally slip through the veil into the other side, or something or someone might slip through the veil into our side. Uh, And those two differing worlds start to blend together. And as we hinted in the intro to this episode, uh, the story that we're going to talk about the most tonight, I think, makes that divide pretty clear, but invites us into that other realm, and that's The Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Sure, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, yeah, totally agree.
1: Um, so if you haven't seen The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, you should go see it. Uh, it's it's on, actually on Netflix, right yeah, now, isn't it? It's yeah, it's on Netflix. Uh, it came out in the 90s, and it is a. Uh, it's a Tim Burton creation. He produced it and created the characters in the story. And it's a uh, stop motion animated uh, masterpiece, really. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. A lot of work went into it. And it's a musical about the residents of Halloween Town, who are the guys who run Halloween. They make it happen every year. They're ghosts and goblins and ghouls. And the king of all of this, the pumpkin king, is Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington is awesome. He's a big spindly skeleton and uh, he's the scariest, but also an incredibly benevolent character.
0: Yeah. I, I love this narrative one because it is a, like it is like a movie, a moving painting. Yeah. When you're watching it, like it's a truly unique stylistically, it really hits like hard on like the nineties sort of like retro new Gothic and it mythologizes a new version of holidays as part of these other worlds that intercede and sort of like can transcend into our world. And the mythology of it is that every major holiday has its own sort of realm. And the realm of Halloween in this is, I would actually argue like it's the underworld. Yeah. It's on the nose. It is where death yeah. lives.
1: I mean, you you go through the pumpkin door in the very beginning, but at the end when Jack is returning, he goes into a a like he opens up like a, a grave. grave and walks through and pops out into the other side. Like it feels it feels exactly like the land of the dead.
0: And we have to understand Halloween as a holiday as part of the death ritual and the death anxiety as a way for us to deal with and understand our own mortality by sort of, you know, making fun of it, making it uh, costumed. And I think Nightmare Before Christmas does this so well that as soon as we get to the the Halloween town, we are in this new underworld.
1: Yeah, we're in an underworld that is in many ways Mm. totally spooky and scary and like makes you jump. Um, But also incredibly fun and mischievous and delightful it's meant to make you jump but then laugh uh there's some true heart behind all of it they even assure you in the opening song this is halloween it's our job but we're not mean it's our town of halloween uh it's 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 all in the spirit of good fun
0: can we can we break down the intro because i've got a lot to say about the beginning
1: absolutely The, the
0: first song so to me, when we it's think- It's the
1: best part. I love yeah, it so much.
0: I mean, the whole movie's great, but what I like about the first song in the intro is we first see Jack Skellington as a scarecrow, literally nailed to a cross. With a
1: pumpkin head, yeah. Literally nailed to a cross. And
0: I think that we can understand Jack Skellington as a sort of metaphoric Jesus in this beginning opening and that all the purpose of all life is to eventually die And they get resurrected into new life. Yeah. And I think we see Jack's story in that first song is a story of inanimate dead scarecrow. And we see him transition through the power of worship into now the full king, the true Jack Skellington.
1: Yeah, he gets baptized by fire and then greenish slimy water. water. Yeah, Yeah. Um, And to back up a little bit, because uh, I think that opening shot of of Jack—we don't know it's Jack at first—it's a scarecrow with a pumpkin head. Um, it it immediately places us in uh, you know like late fall. Immediately places us in that climate of where Halloween falls in the calendar, which is when the leaves are are turning, the harvest is ending. It's the end of summer, and to just hearken back to some of the ancient roots of Halloween, this all begins with the Celtic traditional celebration festival of Samhain, which was an end of summer rite. This was like the big festival as you were gathering up all the food you were hoping to have for the winter. The earth was dying. It was getting cold and you would light bonfires and dance into the night to just hope and pray that you were going to make it through the winter, but you didn't huddle up and just say everything's going to be terrible. You threw a party to hope for the next time that this happened. So Halloween from its very beginning is tied to the death of the earth, is tied to remembering the death of people uh, and hoping that you make it through the hard times. And also knowing that you're gonna come back around, that spring's gonna come again, that summer's gonna come again. So we're immediately grounded in that in this intro. And as uh, as the song goes on, we get a lot more interesting iconography, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I just, I, I knew there was more you wanted to say about the uh, the opening song.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we can interpret that Jack as a king is part of this uh, divine order. And the narrative of Nightmare Before Christmas is when the king goes awry and no longer wants to be part of this order where everyone has their own sort of dominion. It's almost like as if Hades decided that he was gonna suddenly run oh, Olympus. Yeah. Right. And so that's
1: a really good uh, analogy.
0: And so with Jack, we see him in this role, and we see that by virtue of the Halloween celebration, he gets to be reborn from a dead on the cross um, scarecrow into Jack Skellington. We even see so you mentioned the part about, you know, that's our job, but we're not mean in the town of Halloween. Yeah. I interpret that as to say death is not something to be feared. Exactly. It is. Death is a part of the natural order. Halloween is the celebration of death, and understand that when you die, there will be uh, some form of an afterlife. Yeah, and it's trying to assuage that. And they even go into like this discussing spooky natural phenomenon. Sorry, my voice is really hoarse from the lecture today.
1: You sound good though. You're fine.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, um, and they they talk about how that there's all of this spooky natural phenomenon in which Halloween is present in. In other words, death is everywhere. Yeah. It is present in everything. Everything that lives does die. And that's the job, but it's not mean. Yeah. Meaning that it's not vindictive or spiteful. It's not designed to to crush or hurt, but rather be remindful of, yeah, our job at Halloween is to remind ourselves we all will die. Yeah. And that's part of the natural order and that's okay. Yeah. And the whole, I think the whole narrative, the inciting incident is when Jack realizes, man, the natural order is boring me. I don't want to be the king of the underworld anymore. Yeah. When he decides to no longer be the king of the underworld and search for something different, and he upends that natural order, is the inciting incident. It's his call to adventure that ultimately leads to destroying another holiday.
1: Right. Yeah and and kind of destroying the uh destroying the self that's inside him you know it, shutting down uh what's really true about himself and quashing that until he has to rediscover it um i think that's amazing what you're talking about with the um the idea that death is not to be feared, death is not the end, because what is death if not defined by life, and what is life if not defined by death? The act of living is the act of dying, and so there is something really admirable and brave in the choice to celebrate life and death, I think. And we owe that, you know, to all kinds of ancient cultures, not just the uh, not just the ancient Celts who celebrated Samhain, but we owe that to Tibetans, we owe that to the Egyptians, we owe that to. Uh, every culture that decided, "Hey, we're going to venerate our dead, and we're going to create stories about what happens next," because the natural world still regrows every year. So why can't we? Yeah, I think that's amazing. Um,
0: yeah, and and um, you know, and I think if you filter that movie as a metaphor about about death, life, and rebirth, it it not only is just enjoyable, great fun. I think there is a powerful, though I would also say conservative message. Oh, yeah. Not conservative in the like, oh, I'm a conservative and I'm I'm a conservative Republican versus a liberal Democrat. Conservative in the idea that the entire point of the movie is to conserve a natural order. Yeah. And to bring things from out of that chaos of disrupting that natural order back to the natural order.
1: Yeah, there's a sort of uh, staying in your place. Uh, motif that happens when Jack has to realize that he belongs in Halloween. And this is funny. I've been thinking about how many parallels there are to The Wizard of Oz Um, in this story. I I think that Jack goes on this adventure thinking that he wants to escape what he is and his home and then discovers, of course, that there's no place like home. If you can't find your heart's desire in your own backyard, you never lost it to begin with. Uh, And that's a beautiful story to realize that what's most important to you is really what's in your heart and the people that you love who are closest to you. But you also have to look at some of the complicated politics surrounding uh, the Wizard of Oz. You know, this is a time when uh, it's, it's you know, a couple decades after women's suffrage is achieved, women are making some gains, um, women are going to work. And this is a a story that is coming out around that time that's kind of like maybe women should stay at home because there's no place like home. And so that's where I can kind of parallel. You're talking about Wizard of Oz. talking about Wizard of Oz. Sorry, for a second there, I wasn't following you. But I think it's a similar um, conservative message hidden within a beautiful uh, emotional story uh, that are things that we have to watch out for. It's like, what is this? What message is this really sending?
0: Yeah, and I don't think uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is conservative in a political sense.
1: No, of course not. I, I
0: think it's conservative in a philosophical sense. Yeah. And to a certain degree, I'm sympathetic to that argument. I love the the sort of archetype of the good king brings yeah. about the good realm. Right. You know, and I think we, we gravitate towards that. The Lord of the Rings is about that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, other stories are about anything with King Arthur, King uh, Excalibur, King Arthur. It's all about the good King, making sure that they maintain and preserve the order rather than change it. And I think those are all very powerful narratives. And I think Jack Skellington fits into that archetype. And I don't think problematically, like, I don't think it's arguing an agenda per se, you know, you know, but it's definitely
1: something you can find if you're digging for it.
0: Sure. And well, in that vein, the character Sally is a little perplexing to me. Oh, yeah? So, and, and I'll bounce it off of you. So Sally is a character. She's a zombie. She was made um, in a laboratory by a, a genius. She's
1: an animate ragdoll. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And she, her strive is for autonomy. Her strive is for independence. And her strive is to kind of say, you know what? Fuck you to this order. You know, fuck you, scientist, you made me and you're trying to tell me my place. Well, that's not my place. I long for something more. But then she also becomes the character conduit that based upon a vision says, we can't change the order. So I feel like she exists in this weird philosophical vacuum where she both wants to change and preserve. And she is constantly warning Jack once she gets her freedom, be like, don't be too free. You know, and I, I think it's an interesting yeah. place for her character to be. I mean, it's a beautiful character, beautifully animated, brilliant songs. But I wonder, like, philosophically, the character Sally, where does she fit in this this idea? Like, if we can interpret the, the story as Jack Skellington upending the metaphysical order of holidays, and by doing that, creating chaos, and that chaos is bad. Where is Sally in that?
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, I, I think that's a, a super cool thing to bring up because it is kind of weird that she strives for this autonomy, she achieves it, and then she's like, wait, 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 don't don't go crazy. Um, and it, it's a little bit of a boomerang because I didn't really think about this in order to prepare. Sorry, it, it literally no, just popped no, into my head as we were watching the movie. it's really good though because there's also some, some humor in the fact that like, the one woman who's like, hey, you're being an asshole. Like nobody listens to her. They're like, yeah, shut up, shut up, woman. Um, Very yeah, that's, good point. Uh, kind of hilarious because often that's what women do. They're like, don't be an asshole. And men are like, yeah, well, actually.
0: Actually, I'm going to be an <laughs> asshole. And then like, oh shit, she was right. I was totally being an asshole.
1: Yeah, he mansplains some shit. Um, but yeah, I wonder if, because Sally is a an extraordinarily sensitive character. She's an extraordinary perceptive and thoughtful character. She's reserved. Uh, she doesn't really go out on limbs too often. Um,
0: uh, I see what you did because she constantly is separating her limbs.
1: Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah. Oh, I'm so funny. Yeah. Um, I totally see what you did there. But she's she's very contemplative, and I think. Like, had the roles been reversed in this story, if she was the one who was like, I'm kind of bored in this and I'm like the good queen, but she had the same character traits and she decided to take over Christmas, she would have done so like diplomatically. She would have like gone and knocked on Santa Claus's door and been like, hey, I think it's really cool what you're doing. I would love it if we could strike up some sort of partnership. We could do Halloween Halloween. Uh, and Christmas, and it would be like there's an idea that the way that Jack goes about this is inherently narcissistic, is inherently self serving. Um, it's not to bring goodness to or cheer to people. It's to fill a hole that he thinks he's missing in his life, and he realizes that in the end.
0: Such a good point because the something's up with Jack. Something's up with Jack. That whole song is about rejecting objective reasoning for pure emotive uh, reasoning, <laughs> yeah. right? It's all about, he sees Christmas, he loves it, doesn't understand it, and is trying to study it, and then eventually decides, fuck studying it, I'm just going to conquer it. yeah. You know, and like at the end, he's just like, We're in, we're now Christmas.
1: Right. And it's it's interesting because that song, I think it's very much like what we're doing with this episode right now, which is trying to analyze how we feel about a holiday and what a holiday really, really is and really means by analyzing some of the stories about it. And that's what Jack is doing, is trying to understand Christmas by like analyzing every point, by taking science to it, by running experiments and tests on it. Uh when in fact, it's not possible to quantify how Christmas makes you feel or how Halloween makes you feel because it's in the air. It's like music floating in the air, invisible but everywhere. It's something that you can't quantify. It's just something that touches your heart in a personal and or universal way. Um, And so it's it's an interesting moment where he is having this revelation where he's like, hey, I don't have to overthink it. I just feel it. And then he's like, I'm going to be the new Santa Claus. It's kind of a crazy leap. So there's this moment of like, it's hard for me to really track how he goes from, I just have to feel this to I'm going to be in charge of it. And I I think think any other character in that situation would have just accepted it and loved it.
0: Yeah. I think you hit the bead though, is that there's a little narcissism in that character. Sure. Yeah. It's like,
1: I get it. Wait a minute.
0: Wait a minute. I don't need to understand it. I just believe in Christmas since I believe in Christmas naturally I'm going to be the next Santa Claus right? because I am a holiday King, you know? So like, and I, so I think you hit the nail on the head when you say that that is a sort of a self-serving I'm doing this for me, not because I actually love Christmas in which he has to pay a price and he does learn his lesson. Yeah. But in that moment, we see another sort of conservative lesson of, you know, don't worry about objective reality don't worry about study and discipline. Mm. Those things aren't really important. Go with your gut, trust your instinct, and your instinct is to lead, then just take it over. And that's okay. And that's another sort of checkmark in that there is a, a hyper conservatism that's well, happening. That's there.
1: interesting. Yeah, I read that song really differently, not as like a, a rejection of um, analytical thought, or or logic, or um, conventional forms of reasoning, I read that as like, "Hey, this is a foolish endeavor to try and quantify love, or try and quantify faith, or try and uh, analyze uh, analyze emotion." Um, but he,
0: he literally says, "Just because I don't understand it doesn't mean I can't believe it." Right. He's literally making an argument yeah, but that's for faith based that's, reasoning that's over the arc
1: of the song. Right. Is that he starts in this foolish endeavor of like, "I'm going to try and." And test and science Christmas when you really can't. There are some things that you can't science, and it's funny that you know the king of a holiday decides to do that. But no, I think that's a. I think that you have a kind of interesting and I never would have thought of uh, analysis of that or reading of that. I think it's cool. Well, I, I
0: do think it's all about putting the the entire movie is about putting faith into the natural order and letting that go. Yeah you know, rather than experimenting and changing and whether that is right or wrong. I think a lot of, um, you know, especially movies for kids teach that lesson, like Mm -hmm. faith in the natural order, you know, protect the good King. Don't uh, like, don't try to change. Don't try to, to augment and, and force this reality into a different, like Lion King is very much about that, Yeah, you know, where it's about that, that natural order, um, Aladdin is very much about that.
1: Yeah, no, you're right, and this is definitely a trend of like, um, no, obviously not early Disney, but like early in my life Disney, um, Disney up until like the 2000s and Pixar, um, because I think movies that we've seen in the last few years, like Inside Out, like Wally, like uh, Zootopia are animated films and films for children that are like, they yeah, maybe that. the natural order is messed up and you should yeah. really follow you know your heart and follow the path of love and most compassion and understand that the world is a little more complex than just a binary. Um, yeah, really interesting points. I never would have thought about this in, in the context of The Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Yeah, and I think it's, well, if you have a, a reality in which there is an underworld, and now granted- this underworld is not a underworld in which when everyone dies, their souls go to, but it's the world with demons and ghosts and things like that. You know, clowns who can rip their face off and still sing a song. Yeah. When you have this underworld, there is only an underworld. If there is a overworld, right? Like, yeah, it literally has to be under something. Right. And because of that, you have put a sort of cosmic order to things yeah, in which the pumpkin king Lives and the Pumpkin King lives as the Messiah of that world, right? In which, when he tries to go against that world, all hell breaks loose. You can't, you know, teach a demon, you know, you can't truly teach a demon to make a good Christmas gift right. They're going to scare you at yeah, Halloween. They
1: love spiders. Cause yeah. they're
0: freaking demons.
1: Yeah. It, like, yeah. It's, it's this, it's the idea of the underworld and the overworld. And then it's also like, lest we forget that there are strictly codified worlds for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, Valentine's day. Like every holiday has its own world in which people who are like-minded live and work together towards one end. And that's like, You know, Halloween Town, they have their big Halloween celebration in the first number. And then they're like, all right, only 365 days till next Halloween. Let's get to work on the next year. Right. And like, that's what you do all the time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's interesting. This, This world is like so striated. But then the idea in the end is like, hey, make sure you stay in your world. I would say the only like clue that I get that uh, hints at something a little more complex in the end is that it begins to snow in Halloween town and they start to experience something a little transcendent, a little new, and and love it. That Santa Claus flies over and says, Happy Halloween. They say, Merry Christmas. And it's like, hey, we may have formed a little bit of an alliance here. Here's a little piece of my world. Maybe Santa Claus will take a little piece of their world home with him.
0: Right. There is a small step forward at the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: There's a small step forward of being like, wow, there is something really to this Halloween and to this Christmas thing.
1: Yeah. They start to kind of gain an understanding of each other. And as far as we know, you know, Jack goes to Christmas town for the first time. And it's like, literally he goes, what's this? He's never heard of it. He doesn't know that it exists. Uh, You know, the other holiday worlds don't know that each other exists, but now at least Halloween and Christmas know each other. The Easter bunny knows what's up because the Easter bunny got kidnapped by lock, shock and barrel. Like there's going to be a, a form of communication between these holidays from here on.
0: Absolutely. They might have their own little like Potluck, interdimensional hall, yeah. ho- like ho- holiday Super holiday, uh, UN gathering Invention. where they like debate what it means to be a, a more perfect holiday. And you know, they they ask the Thanksgiving holiday to start being a little more honest about its history. Yeah. And maybe play some, like, appropriations.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I like this idea. This could be the sequel. We yes. should do the sequel. <laughs> we should totally do the holiday sequel. Holiday con. Um, <laughs> Everyone's
0: like, oh, fuck, who invited Thanksgiving?
1: Do you know how many Indians they kill every year? Do yeah. you know they only pardon one turkey? That's fucked up. Oh, that man. That's so
0: fucked up. All right, no, no, here they come. Here comes Here comes Thanksgiving. Hi, Thanksgiving. Oh,
1: hi. Hi. <laughs> another thing <laughs> I want to I'm shitting on Thanksgiving pretty hard. I hate Thanksgiving. I, I love it. think it's the worst holiday. I, lo- I love it. I think I it's it. just total trash. Actually, um, I love
0: all holidays. Don't no, lo- holidays I love are total holidays. trash? That's
1: harsh. Thanksgiving is trash, but what? that's We're another story right for another now. day. We're totally rabbit holing right, right now. We're Easter rabbit holing right now? Ooh, I see all right. What you did there. I have another point about Nightmare Before Christmas. Do it, and this uh, goes back to Jack's arc and Jack's kind of Wizard of Oz-like adventure, um, where he decides he want he is bored, he is depressed, he doesn't want to do this anymore. His life is too mundane. He does the same thing all the time. It's time for an adventure. I want something new. I want something exciting. I want to make something great that is outside of my bounds. And that's why he takes over Christmas. He's like, this is totally new. I don't understand it, but I feel it. And he does it. He puts on a costume. Uh, everybody knows that Halloween is the time when you put on costumes. You dress up. And you make mischief and you go out and you do something maybe you never would have done. You know, maybe you dress up as, as a witch or maybe you dress up as a cat or an animal or maybe you dress up as your favorite TV show character, but you're not yourself for one night and everybody is is in this place. Everybody feels a little bit freer. Some people get really actually mischievous and some, some shit goes down on Halloween, but sometimes you just go out and you party and you do crazy things that you wouldn't have done on a regular night of the year. Uh... Halloween is kind of like it's kind of like a permission for one night of debauchery and freedom. And a lot of holidays really are this. And they stem from those ancient celebrations where you would have that bonfire, and you would wear animal skins, and you would just get drunk, and maybe you would salute the god Pan or Bacchus and you would just have like a crazy revelry. And it's something that you need if your life is mundane, if you do the same thing every day. Something that Jack needs because all he does every day is Halloween, is a night of totally not being Jack. Christmas is Jack's Halloween. Christmas is to Jack what Halloween is to us a time to dress up, be someone that's not you, and then regret a lot of it the next day and say, I'm never doing that again, and then do it all again next year. Right?
0: Well, well said. Christmas is Jack's Halloween. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I like, I'm trying to process that. Cause that is a really great point.
1: He wakes up in the, in the arms of this like literal, like angel headstone and is like, what have I done? I'm such a bastard. And like, how many times have we gone out drinking and like been too crazy, especially on a Halloween night, maybe done something embarrassing or said something stupid. We wake up the next day and we're like, what have I done? And then you're like, Hey, I wasn't acting like myself last night. But now I know what's not myself. So I'm going to be a little more myself today. Jack has to be someone else to remember who he is.
0: And as you know, and I think it's a credit to uh, Danny Elfman, who sings that song. Oh, God, it's so good. As he's singing that song, he gets a little more like Halloween evil. And he's just like, that's right. I'm freaking the pumpkin king. What the hell am I doing with this? Yeah, everything's
1: awesome. I don't need to be Santa Claus because I'm Jack you know like the pumpkin king like
0: i'm pretty fucking awesome i have the second best holiday
1: yeah and, they, and sometimes so, so maybe it's not about like every time you upend the natural order you cause like total chaos and everything falls apart it's not not necessarily a, an urge to like stay in your place but a moment of like hey you have license to like be crazy on at this time of year you know, it's a weird time. You have license to be crazy, but make sure that you stay in touch with who you are at the very at the very core of you.
0: That's a a good point. Do you think <clears throat> it's part of me burping and and clearing my throat all at the same time? Gross. Um, do you think there are too few consequences for Jack?
1: Mm. I mean, probably, but it's a kids' movie.
0: Because he gets to like kidnap Santa Claus, steal a holiday, terrorize people on Christmas, which is like, which is another, like to me, another piece of evidence of like, when you scare people on Halloween, it's fun. When you scare them on Christmas, it's terrible. Another evidence that like he's upended the natural order by switching the holidays. Yeah, And at the end, you know, he he gets to pretty much just be like, sorry, Uh, let's freeze Santa Claus. Santa Claus is going to fix everything great and I get to fall in love now with Sally.
1: Well, what I kind of think is unique about Jack's character arc, and I think you're right, there's not a lot of consequence for him. But I think what's unique about him is that he's definitely our hero. He's the guy that we root for and we know he's a good guy, but he makes terrible decisions the entire time and everybody is telling him he's making terrible decisions. Like he does some awful stuff. And so the consequences that he faces are are encapsulated in that song what have i done it's like he really does face a moment of reckoning as himself he has to like face that incredible regret and then redeem himself by saving santa claus and sally um i think in the end because he is our protagonist and our real evil guy is boogie woogie what we have um or oogie boogie i'm sorry um he's the boogeyman though he's the boogeyman what we have is this binary of like Jack is like literally an animate skeleton who goes around scaring the shit out of people for a living. But he's a he's a nice man. Like he he's sensitive and loving and he cares about his people and he tries to do the right thing even if he's sometimes like making really off-base decisions. And then the guy that he's up against is just pure evil. And the idea is that Halloween's not pure evil and spookiness and death are not pure evil. If you're in it for you know, the right reasons, you deserve a little bit of forgiveness.
0: You know what's an interesting thought to piggyback off of that? So the boogeyman exists in this world, in part narratively, because it needs an antagonist. Jack can't just like free Santa Claus. He's got to defeat someone to free Santa Claus, even though he kidnapped Santa Claus, right? Yeah. So, and I totally get it. Like that makes sense. There has to be some stakes there. And we also get this like amazing, like, Blacklight, psychedelic, gambling, boogeyman, oh, so which was good. just fucking brilliant. So, like, none of it's bad or wrong in my opinion. Um, but in the other holidays, do they have an ugly side, or is it? i I'm just thinking in this yeah, I mean, in the rules of this universe. Like, what's the ugly side to Christmas? To Easter? Um, we joked about Thanksgiving, which has an ugly history. Yeah, but you know, it, it's an interesting thought to think. Yes. In the realm of the dead, where the dead can walk and their job is to scare you, some will be actually evil.
1: Yeah. Um, so when I was researching this episode, I found out some of the backstory of Oogie Boogie. Um, and he actually, he shows up in a video game where they uh, explain some of his backstory. And it's that he used to be like the lord of his own holiday, which was called Bug Day. Which, okay, great. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Bug Day fell out of fashion. People weren't really celebrating it anymore. So he tried to take over Halloween and make it the new Bug Day because it aligned a lot with, you know, his spooky bugs. Um, And, like, they were not having it. And so he's been relegated to his little lair under the treehouse. So he actually comes from a different tradition. He's been absorbed by Halloween which is kind of funny because of the actual origins and roots of Halloween, which has absorbed a lot of traditions across cultures. Um, But of course, we don't see too much of the other worlds in this. We can't really say what the ugly sides are. Um, But I think a huge part of what he does and what purpose he serves in the story is to remind us that even though um, everyone in Halloween looks scary and traditionally is a villain, it's exactly what you said. It's about a reminder that Sometimes being scared can be fun and safe and a reminder that we're alive.
0: And the reminder that we're all going to die. Don't be too freaked out by it. Yeah, yeah. If you're too freaked out by death, then bad things will happen.
1: As Morty might say, everyone's going to die. Come watch TV.
0: (laughs) Well said, well said indeed. Yeah. Um, You know, I think, and just reflecting that Halloween is one of my favorite times of the year. It's one of my favorite holidays. And I think Nightmare Before Christmas is both a brilliant Christmas and a brilliant Halloween movie. I think it's a Halloween movie first.
1: It is a Halloween movie. Um, It's about when
0: Halloween sees Christmas and is a little jealous. Yeah. You know, And um, but I think there's a reason that everybody freaking loves this movie. Yeah. It is delightful.
1: I I love how how it blends the two holidays because in my mind, I feel like there are a lot of similarities between Halloween and Christmas, at least the way that they're celebrated today and the things that they're they're based on pretty heavily, which is that it's about ancient people responding to the cycles of the natural world and corresponding those um, after some conquering, those being corresponded to moments in sort of religious uh, texts. So the... The birth of the son of God is also the celebration of the rebirth of the sun that lights the days. It's the longest day of the year or the shortest day of the year that suddenly flips over to longer days and spring coming back and the earth being rejuvenated. That's Christmas, you know, it's the solstice. And Halloween is the dying of the earth and the remembrance that it's all going to come back right i think they that, share so much
0: that death is not permanent yeah it is one one additional phase and i think we see that encapsulated in you know when everybody in the first song is literally like waving their hands in worship yeah chanting and jack rises from the oh, pool of water amazing you know from the cross he he then gets resurrected and i think we see that in that first that that encapsulation that there is a little bit of religion mixed up in Halloween. Yeah,
1: Halloween is a religious holiday. All Hallows Eve, All Hallows Day all that saints refers Day. to the saints. Um, you know, it's a it's a holiday that has those pagan roots, those Celtic roots and those celebrations of the earth, but uh, you know, when Christianity spread, it was about honoring dead Christians, dead martyrs. Um and those traditions all intermingled, and from it we have this this time when we can Think about those who have died, those that we've lost. Dress up and become someone else and remind ourselves that we are living and it's crazy. And yeah, we're all going to die, but like, maybe that's not the end of it.
0: And even if it is, nobody knows it's okay.
1: Have a bonfire, eat some candy, carve a pumpkin.
0: And live life to the fullest. Yeah. If If you really want to be outrageous...
1: Fucking be outrageous.
0: Yeah. That's okay. As long as you're not hurting anybody. Go ahead and be outrageous. This is your chance. And Halloween, to me, Halloween also means the ability to connect to that eternal youthful spirit I have. Yeah. The idea that like, you know what? I may be a grown man with a career, a family, and a podcast. But at the same time, I can still be a kid. And wear a costume that makes and me feel cool. Candy. Yeah, and, make me make, and just make me feel cool and invincible yeah. and, and fun. And that it is okay that there can be a little part of all of us that never has to, to, to fully grow up. Yeah. Well, I freaking love Halloween.
1: I do too. What are Any you gonna, final thoughts? What are you going to be for Halloween this year, Derek?
0: I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be. Scientifically speaking, Traditions are an idiot thing.
1: Uh, I'm Pickle Rick. Turn myself into a pickle, Morty. He's going to be Rick Sanchez. We just picked up his Rick Sanchez costume. He's got a portal gun and everything.
0: <laughs> nope, you're not insane. Worse, you're smart.
1: He's going to be doing that all night. I can't wait. We'll share lots of pictures. I
0: cannot wait. Uh, and uh, just to throw this out there, we're going to talk about Rick and Morty on the soon. podcast yeah. soon. You know, there's a lot of people talking about Rick and Morty right now, and we're trying to figure out how to put our midnight, to put the midnight myth, myth spin on it. voice to it. So
1: if you've got ideas, if you've got things that you haven't seen people say or haven't heard people say about Rick and Morty or things that you really uh, question or, or want to know, let us know, because I think we want to do some really blowout stuff for Rick and Morty, which is a show that we love and we hope you love too.
0: Either way, I want to say from the Midnight Myth to you listeners – Happy Halloween.
1: Happy Halloween. Trick or treat.
0: And until next time.
1: Be kind. Be kind.